Hello, America, and welcome to a new edition of John Solomon Reports, the podcast from Just the News, where today on the hot seat in the Senate Judiciary Committee stands none other than the former deputy director of the FBI, Andrew McCabe. You won't believe what he said. He was doing some mea culpas. He isn't the same guy that was defiantly confident in the FBI's work a few years ago. A very different Andrew McCabe uh, testifying today before the Senate Judiciary Committee. Uh, yes, he was shocked and disappointed. Those are his words, not mine, about the FBI's conduct and the investigation. He ran. We're going to talk about that. Can't miss it. It's a really amazing testimony. Uh, he gives both sides a little bit of wiggle, uh, but uh, Lindsey Graham and other Republicans really pinned him down on some very, very important um, uh, questions and answers and a revelation out of the blue from left field by Lindsey Graham about one of McCabe's former deputies and some testimony he gave the Senate Judiciary Committee. We're going to get to that right after the commercial break. And today, we've got a guest. If you haven't heard of him, you should have. You've probably seen his social media handle. It's called DC Drano. Yes, Drain the Swamp in DC. The young and up and rising conservative Rogan O'Hanley joins us. You're going to love this guy. This is an energetic conversation about the future of conservatism, about millennials, about censorship, about cancel culture, about what it was like to be an entertainment lawyer in Hollywood who who supported Donald Trump. I'm not making this up. That is Rogan O'Hanley. Yes, D.C. Drano is here to join us. First, we're going to go to a quick commercial break. When we come back, the latest lowdown on the election recount. And you won't believe it, but actually the FBI deputy director, former FBI director, deputy director, um, gave us some mea culpa, some humility for a moment or two. Uh, it's worth uh, catching up on. All right, first of these commercial break. Remember, support our great advertisers and sponsors. They make this show possible. Folks, everyone knows the next medical crisis is just around the corner. Whether it comes in the form of a pandemic or something much more mundane like a tick bike, you and your family need to be prepared. That's what we learned from this last pandemic, right? That's where the wellness company comes in. You know the wellness company. We have their great doctors like Dr. Peter McCullough on all the time on our shows. The wellness company and their doctors are medical professionals that you can trust. And the new medical emergency kits are the gold standard when it comes to keeping you safe and healthy, and most importantly, prepared. Be ready for anything. This medical emergency kit contains an assortment of life-saving medications, including ivermectin and z -Pak. The medical emergency kit provides a guidebook to aid in the safe use of all of these life-saving medications. So you know what you're doing. From anthrax to tick bites to COVID and even the bioweapon like the plague, the wellness company's medical emergency kit is exactly what you need to have on hand to be prepared. Rest assured knowing that you have emergency antibiotics, antivirals, and antiparasitics on hand to keep you and your family safe from whatever the globalists throw your way. Go to www.twchealth/justnews today in order. That's twc.health/justnews and use the promo code justnews to save 10%. All right, folks, welcome back from the commercial break. Hey, just a quick update. We promised you that we had built a media coalition that is uh, doing a very extensive review of voting in America in the six key states, Nevada, Arizona, Michigan, Georgia, uh, Wisconsin, 
uh, in Pennsylvania. And uh, I just want to bring you up to date. We are in the process now. We have identified tens of thousands, quite frankly, hundreds of thousands of votes of people who left states but are still listed as having voted in this past election, mostly by mail-in vote. We're now in the process of doing phone calls to those sort of voters and finding out, did you really vote or did someone vote on your behalf? We're really digging it in and and, um, and learning a lot. And we're going to hopefully get you our first details. Were there dead voters? I don't know. We're going to find out. Were there voters who didn't cast a vote that are listed? Yes. Are there voters uh, who voted for Trump who say their ballots never showed up and aren't being counted? We're going to get to all those answers in the next few days. We're starting to make really significant progress on what is a very tedious mission. First, you got to identify the voter. First, you got to download the, the voter data. Then you got to identify the voters that, that might be dead or might have moved then you've got to get the uh, phone numbers for them then you got to call them then you got to get affidavits from them it takes quite a while uh, but this process is ongoing at just the news and with our media partners and more importantly uh, we also want to refer you to a story on the site today i had him on the um, podcast yesterday matt brainard take a look at the work he's doing his uh, work is paralleling our work i'm, I'm sure we're going to compare notes uh, on the election um, stuff and uh, probably find a lot of similar missing uh, or uh, inappropriate voters. We're working hard to get that to you. Stick with it. But uh, Matt Brainerd's work, just the news work, is starting to make progress. We're starting to get a sense of whether there were shadow voters uh, who didn't really vote, but whose vote is counted. We're working on that also on the site today. I did a follow-up on Mark Zuckerberg's effort to influence the election, to put $350 million into the Center for Tech and Civic Life, to then pay money to the very election judges and election officials who decided this election. A funny thing happened. We, we got Zuckerberg to give us what localities he sent his money, but he won't tell us how much money he sent each uh, locality. Now, why is that important? We don't know if he tried to favor Democrats or Republicans or whether the money was evenly distributed. Uh, there's a little l- lack of transparency on Mark Zuckerberg's behalf. And that's kind of interesting because just a couple of years ago when he was in the Senate testifying about Facebook, he said the way to build trust in politics is more transparency. Unfortunately, he's not giving it to us, at least not yet, on the big $350 million he spent in the 2020 election. We got the latest on that story. Check that out. Uh, And uh, now to get to the story I mentioned, Andrew McCabe, the former and fired FBI director, deputy director, and once acting director because he replaced Comey for a period of time. Some pretty remarkable revelations from McCabe today. First off, He was, by his own testimony, shocked and disappointed. Those are his words in the quote unquote significant number of errors and failures that occurred in the Russia investigation. Yes, he took responsibility for signing a false FISA and said if he would to do it over again, he wouldn't have signed it. But he claims he was kept in the dark by his uh, um, subordinates and he didn't really know uh, what was um, there. But he did say this. and I think this is important. To me, any material misrepresentation or error in a FISA application is unacceptable, period. Well, there are a lot of material misrepresentations about Steele and the dossier and 
and uh, what they knew about uh, the problems. He had some pretty remarkable claims of being in the dark. I don't know whether Senate Republicans believed him or not, but he said he didn't know that the um, subsource, the primary subsource for Steele, had recanted or, or disowned much of the information about Steele. He didn't know about the famous CIA referral uh, to the FBI saying that Hillary Clinton was launching a bogus Russian narrative to take the attention off of her email problem. Uh, and therefore, he says, because he didn't know about it, it didn't get investigated. Um, that was a pretty big moment in the course of the team. Um, he uh, he uh, disclosed that it he helped remove Peter Strzok from the Mueller investigation when the text messages between him and his lover, uh, Lisa Page, emerged. I think that was a big moment uh, in the investigation, a revelation that I didn't know, certainly, in all the things that we saw. Um, and, uh, you know, he went through a lot of the different factual assertions. The very latest is on uh, the website right now, justthenews.com. Check it out. But Andrew McCabe faced some very hostile questioning. He answered some questions very directly. He disowned the uh, the misconduct that the FBI uh, did. He acknowledged it. He took part, part partial responsibility, saying because he participated in it as a leader, he must own what happened. Um, some pretty remarkable things of what he knew and didn't know. People will judge his credibility. People will determine whether they think he told the truth or not. I thought there was one big revelation that didn't come from McCabe. It came sideways uh, from a question that Senator Lindsey Graham asked, but I thought it was the most important revelation of the day. Um, Lindsey Graham injected into the questioning a revelation, and that is that the former FBI counterintelligence chief, Bill Priestop, a top deputy to Andy McCabe and James Comey when they ran the FBI, he, uh, Senator Graham said he told the committee, Priestop told the committee, he recommended that Pete Strzok not be put on the Russia investigation. Let me repeat that. The FBI's counterintelligence chief didn't want Pete Strzok on the Russia investigation because of his uh, political uh, views and his uh, relationship with Lisa Page. That's what Senator uh, Graham, uh, the Judiciary Committee chairman, said today in the questioning. Um, uh, it looked, as I recall, McCabe didn't fully engage in the question, said he couldn't remember that part of the conversation. But uh, I thought that was a significant uh, revelation that we hadn't heard of before, some new news um, for the very latest on this, because it's still ongoing as we record this podcast right now. Go to justinnews.com, check out uh, the story on Andy McCabe. We're going to have all of it all day long. And no further, without further ado, let's bring, we're going to bring on uh, Rogan O'Hanley, one of the rising young conservatives in America, a star on social media. He has the handle DC Drano. Yes, you know what we're talking about, draining the swamp in DC. This is a young conservative who made that handle famous, who uh, was a Hollywood lawyer uh, who supported Trump, couldn't survive in the industry there with those two goals. And so he moved to Florida and began uh, uh, building his own conservative bullhorn. And we're going to have him on here to talk about the election, about voter fraud, about censorship, cancel culture, all the things that are infecting America today and what conservatives, young conservatives particularly, are going to do about it. You're not going to want to miss this interview. Rogan O'Hanley coming up right after this commercial break. Hey, folks, if you're a homeowner and you're like me, you want to protect your home, right? But when's the last time you checked on the title to your home? If you never have, listen to this. A new report on homeowners shows we all now have $16 trillion in equity. That's an all-time high in America. That's why you need protection from a scam the FBI calls 
house stealing. That's when the equity in all of our homes is the target, sadly, of scammers. If nobody's watching the title to your home, these scammers can transfer your title to their name, take out loans, and your equity could be gone. Poof, gone. You have to protect your equity from this despicable crime right now with triple lock protection from my good friends at HomeTitleLock.com. The first step is to check on your home's title to see if it's still in your name. Sign up with your address at HomeTitleLock.com and be sure to use the promo code JUSTNEWS. They're going to send you a complete title scan of your home's title in your first 30 days of triple lock home title protection. That's legendary protection, by the way. It's free. HomeTitleLock.com. Use the promo code JUSTNEWS. One more time. Go to HomeTitleLock.com today and protect your most important asset, the equity in your home. All right, folks, welcome back from the commercial break. And as promised, a very special guest. He goes by the handle on Instagram, DC Drano. Uh, but we all know him as Rogan O'Hanley, one of the most popular young conservatives in America, uh, who's got a great life story and, uh, and a lot of legal expertise. And we're going to pick his brain today. We also want to ask him about millennials because some of us are still, some of us older folks are still trying to figure them out. So, uh, Rogan, welcome to the show. Thank you very much for the introduction and for having me on, John. Uh, it's, uh, congratulations on all your success and all your followers. It's a remarkable thing. And um, for our audience who may not know your path, I think you've got an amazing personal story. Uh, going, to, going to Chicago Law School, one of the best in the country. Come out of there, start your law career. And, uh, and as you're plotting, uh, going along there growing, uh, all of a sudden politics uh, 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 shines a light in, uh, in the industry that you're in. Tell us what happened uh, coming out of law school uh, back in 2011. Yeah, so uh, I graduated University of Chicago Law, and it was still in the tail end of the recession. And, uh, you know, I'm originally from the Boston area, and uh, the best job I got out of that recession was in L.A. I had a lot of student loan debt, and it sure. was a corporate law firm, and I was, I was happy to, to work hard and, and, and pay that off. And um, after I was out there, I actually started to like it back before it went crazy and <laughs> segued into uh, entertainment finance law, working on very big movie deals, uh, anywhere wow. from 10 million to 200 million deals with the wine scene company at the time, um, worked on you know deals with LeBron, um, anyone, Matt Damon, anyone you could think of. I was, I was doing that Impressive. stuff and it was a dream for a while. Um, but the dream slowly started to turn into reality once President Trump uh, became president and California lost its mind. Yeah. And um, all of a sudden you realize you couldn't do both. Right. You, you, did you get blacklisted? Was that the basic feeling you had? You were being blacklisted because you were conservative and a Trump supporter? Well, anyone working in Hollywood that is to the right of communist uh, generally keeps their politics to themselves. I was no different. And, you know, I was focused on achieving kind of the American dream through the private sector and uh, had been grinding away for about six years in these corporate law firm environments and uh, grew very frustrated with my inability to support who, you know, was elected president of the United States, Donald Trump. And, you know, if you posted on Facebook, if you did anything, you'd get, you know, unfollowed, attacked. And so I created an anonymous uh Instagram account called DC Drano, which stands for draining the DC swamp, right? Started to post memes anonymously just to give myself an outlet. And, you know, when I got 10,000 followers in the first six weeks, I thought to myself, okay, I'm, I'm onto something here. 
let's see what I can do. Um, and so I started, you know, I kept doing that and eventually got to, uh, about 70 or 80,000 followers. And I had just recently visited Florida, which is where I live now, right. spoiler alert, and, uh, fell in love with the state, fell in love with the area, uh, Tampa, St. Petersburg and said, you know what, I think I'm gonna pursue this full time. And, and, you know, if I can get 80,000 followers while being a corporate lawyer, what, what can I do if I go full time on this? Wow. That's a big jump. That's a big risk. So, um, so let, let's cover it. How does a guy from blue Boston practicing law in, in, uh, liberal Hollywood end up becoming a Trump supporter? What about him, uh, and his values and the conservative values of the Republican party, uh, drew you in? Well, I was always a conservative since, uh, maybe 20 years old. And uh, I went to Northeastern University in Boston. Sure. Good school. And yeah, and you know, surrounded by liberalism and, you know, my parents were Democrats, but I always have just been a bit of an independent thinker. And uh, I ended up being president of student government at that college. So even though I was a well-known conservative, I, you know, was apparently moderate enough. Uh, Massachusetts does like its moderate Republicans. We elect a lot of those for governor. Yeah. Um, and... Uh, so it was always something kind of lurking in the background, but I will always remember seeing my first president Trump or sorry, candidate Trump speech, July of 2015. I watched it on YouTube and he was given one of his, you know, kind of up and coming rallies. And I just felt this feeling in my chest. I said, that's the guy, that's wow. the message. That's what we need in this country. And I was a diehard supporter from, from then on. It's really remarkable. And, um, you, you, you leave behind a, a you know lucrative and sort of a dream job in entertainment law. Uh, what is your calling now when you look at yourself and you look at your social following and you look at the values that you're fighting for? Wh how do you describe your career now? Where do you want it to go? Uh, uh, maybe the Trump era is going to end if Joe Biden is ultimately declared the winner by the electors. Um, where do you take this now that you've built such a following? Yeah. So, you know, one of the biggest things for me is is exposing and destroying corruption in our government. Right. I admittedly did not know it was as bad as it is, um, as, as we're seeing right now with what's going on with this election process. I think it's an absolute sham uh, for, for hundreds of thousands of votes in these battleground states to show up. But uh, backtracking a little bit on my way out, you know, I thought to myself, OK, I can't I can't do both. I can't be a successful Hollywood lawyer, and then also have this public uh, uh, outlet where, I, yeah, I was remaining anonymous, but it was only a matter of time until I got caught. And so, right. um, you know, and then I'd ultimately get fired. So I had enough in savings and I said, all right, I can, you know, survive for at least a year or two, hopefully. Um, and so, you know, sold my house, uh, sold my BMW, bought a truck, moved all my stuff out to Tampa. And on the way out, uh, a partner, at a competing law firm, uh, heard I was leaving, but I didn't tell anyone what I was doing. And they invited me to lunch and I said, Hey, you know, I'm moving to Florida. And they're like, well, just, just one lunch. <laughs> they said, you know, what, what, what's the, what's the market rate for, for what you, you know, for your seniority level? And I said, well, to be honest, all in with bonus and everything, it's probably about 400,000, but you know, Frankly, I'm not that interested right now. And she said, how about this? 500000 and I make you partner within a year. Wow. That's an offer. That was an offer. <laughs> <laughs> you got any buyer's remorse on that one? 
so, you know, it, it, <laughs> I had invested 10 years of my life building up this legal career, right. you know, networking, working hard and, you know, kind of a, a, a not life changing in, in California, unfortunately, with all the taxes, but right, you know, right, right. A, a big life booster. And um, and I was going into the unknown of just posting memes on Instagram and making zero dollars. And but, um, you know, this feeling in my chest said I it, it had no appeal to me. Wow. I had to go spread the truth because, you That's know, as we're seeing with what Fox News just did and what Drudge Report, Drudge Report, you know, patriots in this country are losing their mainstream representation. And I think it's intentional. It's it's uh, it's the globalists versus you know the freedom fighters. And I said a lot other a lot of people have given up a lot more than I've given up. The least I can do is go post some memes for a while and see what I can do. And uh, thankfully, you know, it kind of worked out. Now I've got over two and a half million followers across everything. And wow, um, you know, put, putting out the truth, and especially right now with with how crazy this time is in, in, in American history with what's going on with this election. I mean, if this, if we don't stop the, the bleeding here, uh, I think America's done. It's, uh, it, uh, there's so many people that I talk to every day that have such passion about the moment in history that we're, we're facing, um, going in coming out of the election and sort of the last four years and, and all the issues that it's raised and division in America. Now, you come out of a generation that is widely regarded uh, as more liberal, uh, perhaps driving some of this conversation, um, uh, the AOCs of the world, the young um, Turks, all of the different um, uh, celebrity forces that come out of the millennial years, uh, driving you know a, a pro-liberal agenda. Um, where do you think your generation stands and what impact are you trying to have on young people trying to, you know, they may have came out of college with one perception. Do you think they're open to hearing, uh, the, the philosophies, the values, the uh, passions that you have and, uh, what, where will this generation head? Well, you know, a lot of people, I'm sure your listeners are familiar with the greatest generation. Sure. Um, I, I would say millennials are the worst generation, <laughs> and that's counting myself amongst one of them. I think we have the absolute worst values. I think we're the most open to socialism. We've never really had anything to struggle with uh, as a country. Yeah, we had the Great Recession, but uh, for the most part, uh, members of my generation were more concerned with what the sign was on the bathroom door as opposed to, you know, the opioid crisis, uh, killing people in, right. in middle America and jobs being hollowed out. So our priorities are completely out of whack and that's the schools. It's the schools. I, you know, saw it happening, uh, when I was in college in the early two thousands, um, I graduated in 07 and, you know, you saw these kind of radical elements on campus, but it was mostly student groups. And, you know, they had some support from professors, but it wasn't quite as pervasive. And then, uh, you know, it was the Obama era that that just opened the floodgates to this this radical leftism taking hold these shouting matches uh, on campus and and intimidation of conservatives. And it, 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 it spiraled out of control. So, um, you know, what I try to do is being a, a member of this generation and, and, you know, graduating from, uh, you know, a pretty good law school and, and being amongst what are considered the, the elite leaders of, of this intellectual, uh, 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 part of the, of the generation. I say, screw all of you. 
screw all of you. Uh, we're fighting for for the Constitution. You guys are fighting to destroy the Constitution. I, I'm I'm full, you know, in your face about it at this point. I, I have nothing to hide. You want to take my guns? Uh, you aren't going to take my guns. You want to raise my taxes? You aren't. You want to open these borders? You won't. And uh, it's what I try to do is I believe every American that goes through our school system that's raised in this country has the spark of a patriot in them. And all it needs is someone someone to light that, someone to light it, someone to, to remind them that you are part of this American fabric and that these people, you know, our, our, our ancestors, our heritage is that these farmers rose up and took on the most powerful military empire in the world and defeated them in the name of freedom and liberty. Uh, it, it's time to step up and, and, and do it again through the proper channels. Um, and so that's, that's really all I try to do. I, you know, I'm running an account called DC Drano, but I want a million DC Dranos out there. Um, cause that's when we'll win. Yeah. There's no doubt that there are strength in numbers when it comes to our, our great constitutional Republic. Um, <clears throat> as you look out now and, um, uh, what are, the tools that young conservatives and all conservatives have uh, to to combat what they see as uh, anathema to, to values, to um, principles, to the, the basic founding principles of America. Where do we head next? I mean, you, you obviously have a, a very passionate, um, to the point uh, message when, whenever you communicate. But how do we make, you know, those, those who are conservative, how do they make these changes uh, how do they affect public opinion? How do they move the needle? How do they reclaim the country from from the forces that that have a very different view of America right now? What what do you see as the the tools and the opportunities for conservatives to to take charge? Well, I will admit I was very disheartened by this um, election process. I believe that America overwhelmingly voted to reject socialism, and that vote is being diluted with fraudulent ballots. And uh, you know, the the very last thing I thought we at least had going for us was the ability to to educate our fellow Americans and then to win at the ballot box. And I truly believe we did that. President Trump had a record number of votes, a uh, record number of minority support for a Republican. And right now it's being taken away from us and, and a false narrative is being forced upon people to you know, what I believe quell, you know, the patriotic rebellion against globalist elites. And um, so that that is admittedly frustrating. But I will say the only avenue we have left uh, for, for the everyday Americans is social media. That's why they're censoring it so hard. They realize that that's kind of our 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 last uh avenue for for people to have participation in the marketplace of ideas we desperately need to protect free speech on social media otherwise america will fall i will say i do believe that that was a weak spot in president trump's first four years is to not protect it um and to you know go kind of the government non-intervention route and i think we're real you know they're now censoring president every other tweet from president trump i mean this is crazy it's pretty remarkable um, yeah yeah but but i will say um you know there are a lot of market opportunities available especially with what we're seeing with um you know fox losing steam and um you know drudge report you drudge, where, right yeah yeah, we're seeing Newsmax, OAN have record growth, uh, Blaze TV. There's a lot of great 
up and coming media outlets that are going to make a lot of money. And I think there's a huge, huge opportunity. You know, look what happened with the Roseanne show. Uh, you know, the series premiere was the biggest in Hollywood in 25 years in terms of ratings. Look what happened with Tim Allen's Last Man Standing. There is the silent majority, which I think is now the loud majority, desperate for content that caters to them, that is just common sense, that's truthful. And, you know, there's a reason why a, a straight white guy with a reddish beard can get two and a half million followers in three years on social <laughs> media is because people want the truth yeah. and they aren't getting <clears> it on a lot of other people. They want a straight so, talker. That's what they really want. They want someone that just gives gives them the facts the way it is and stops all the subterfuge. That's it. That's mm -hmm. it. So I, I think uh, we're, we're going to adapt no matter what happens. And a lot of these up and coming outlets are going to explode. Uh, they're going to be peers, if not uh, superior to Fox News in, in the near future. It's really interesting. So I, I, we started Just the News. We're only <clears throat> seven, eight months old. We, we have somewhere between 12 and 20 uh, million visitors a month already to our news site. And then we, wow. we partnered with a, a brand new television network called Real America's Voice. It's sort of up and coming right now. And uh, Real America's Voice is starting to get on the cable systems. It's on Dish Network. It's uh, testing in DirecTV and, and Comcast in Chicago. But it's getting millions of viewers a week in the cable cutters world and on, on, um, on platforms like Pluto, which is, you know, runs like a cable box, but it's a free to, over the Internet television service. And so we start to see this generation. Do you think your generation of conservatives, because there are many conservatives among the millennials, are they're not the ones that get showcased on television regularly, but there's there's lots of them, and they grew out of Turning Point and Charlie Kirk and other movements like that Young America, Young America's uh, Foundation, and others. Um, are they going to be cable watchers, or is the next generation of a Fox News going to be on on over over the top uh, uh, video direct? What what do you think? As people look for new alternatives, you know the Ben Shapiro crowd. Um, what are the delivery mechanisms? And for those of us who are, you know, in our 50s and 60s trying to build a new generation of um, media uh, platforms, how will we reach the millennial generation? I assume uh, cable, cable uh, television is mom and dad's platform, right? Yes, I would say so. I, uh, you know, myself, people I'm around a lot, uh, the Internet is our TV. And the next generation is that on steroids, Generation Z. They are yeah. purely internet. Right. And, and, you know, there is a lot of optimism. Uh, the data is very clear just from my own personal experience. It's very clear. This next generation more conservative, right? is a lot more conservative. They're, they're, they're Gen X times two. Yeah. So, you know, the Reagan generation, you know, people get more conservative as they get older. Gen Z is starting with a great base. I would say, I, I from what I've seen, it's about double what the Reagan generation was. So, um, and I think Gen X is actually doing really well right now. I think um, that's you know what's what's saving America in terms of votes and and, and donations and everything. But sure, um, I think I think internet is is big. Um, and you know what what is the internet, right? It's it's tweets, it's memes, it's short form content and it's 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 videos right so when you watch tv you're just watching a video uh you know how do you package that digitally and so i think people will want the same information r regardless of the time um you know they want the truth they want current events uh they want to you know cut through the the noise and find the signal and it's all about catering to 
the the appetites in, in terms of attention spans, in terms of uh, 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 you know short form content. There's a reason why Prager does extremely well because they do five minute videos. Yeah. Uh, people, no one's really going to sit down and watch anything for forty minutes. No, we don't have they time. might listen and play yeah. it in the background, but they're not going to watch. Right. Right. And, Good point. And so I think for for you know your generation and others that are looking to cater to this new audience it's about bite size content uh you know three to five minutes or less ideally you know 15 seconds or less and i know that sounds crazy but you'd be surprised how much information you can take in because there's infinite information every day and and we're scrolling through it so um uh you know that that's just catering to to evolving appetites yeah, it's uh, it is remarkable the um, the snackable size, the speed at which things move. Um, production doesn't matter as much as the quality of the thought, right? I think that's one of the things that we, we see in uh, in this. When you, um, how concerned are you that these incredible platforms that even gave rise to your own megaphone, the Instagrams, the Facebooks, the uh, Twitters are going to turn against your views and what are you doing and what you th do you think others should be doing to ensure that social audiences can gather without censorship? Are you, could you imagine a day where you're not on Instagram or Facebook because the restrictions are too much? Uh, wh where's your head on that? Absolutely. Um, you know, I'm, I'm, uh, I, I, I analogize to, you know, I'm, I'm building a sandcastle here. <laughs> and it could easily be sure. you know, someone come over and, and, and curb stomp it. Right. Um, you know, I, I'm, I'm building an empire on leased property. And, uh, you know, a lot of us will have to segue over onto, uh, you know, websites and uh, safer social media platforms um, if Trump doesn't win. Um, you know, email lists, et cetera. If Trump does win, and then I do think we get Section 230 reform, and it'll be, you know, we'll have a lot more uh, security, and we can continue to, to grow, but they are going to constantly be, right now, they're, you know, they started with the fact checkers, and now they're, they're fact checking opinions. It's unbelievable, uh, and, yeah. And, and providing context, missing context. Yep. Meanwhile, Joe Biden gets to put president-elect in his bio when he's not the president-elect. Um, you know, by, by definition, the Electoral College has not voted. So um, it, it's, it's, it's a one-sided bias, as we've all seen, and, and the deplatforming is insane. So, you know, yeah, I mean, this is, this is kind of do or die for, for a lot of us. If Trump doesn't, um, you know, pull this thing out, uh, we're, we're in a lot of trouble. America's in a lot of trouble. Uh, let's, let's just be honest about that. Now you, um, you're, you've uh, got your law degree. You've practiced law in the biggest and uh, most intense stage of Hollywood. Uh, when you look out at voter fraud, it's one thing to say voter fraud, right? And, mm -hmm. and you can see the data trends and you go, wait, wait, something, something happened there. I don't know what it is, but it ain't right. Uh, how does a lawyer like yourself, uh, how should all of us, uh, here at Just the News, we've started a, uh, a widespread canvas. And so what we're doing is we're going to precincts, for instance, where voter turnout was 90% because the State Department 
has declared across the world any entity that had 90% turnout is by by its very nature suspicious. So we went mm-hmm. to all of the urban uh, precincts and wards that were 90%, and we're now calling people who are listed as voting and saying, did you really vote? And we're, we're going to release some pretty remarkable data in the next couple of days and start to show the numbers of people uh, whose votes, uh, at least the uh, listed votes, may be suspect. But as a lawyer, how would you go about fighting this? You, you, uh, you know, you've got the court of public opinion and the court of law. You got to win both in order to pull, uh, to pull off a victory here. If 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 Trump's going to be rescued from the jaws of defeat, as the media has put him there, how would you attack this? Well, I actually do uh, very much condone President Trump's current strategy, which seems to be less in the court of public opinion and more focused on the lawsuit strategy. and the law enforcement strategy. I think yesterday was actually one of the most reassuring developments uh, I've seen since, you know, the media cartel went all in on Biden on Saturday. And that was Attorney General Barr meeting with Senator McConnell and then them both coming out and saying, uh, you know, we have to look at substantial allegations of voter fraud. Mitch McConnell, as much as, you know, he is a diehard GOP, whatever he he would not do that unless he saw something or was told something that led him to believe that he can take a public position on this this late in the game. Because it's unprecedented for there to be this much, uh, I guess, defiance yeah. uh, of, of the results at this point. And Absolutely. Say, oh, well, Bush v. Gore was different. It was only one state. I say, yeah, yeah. but there was no defiance then because we were all in agreement. We were going to wait until we solved Florida. I mean, I oversaw AP's yeah. efforts in that. And. You know, there was no defiance now, but here you have the media declaring a winner and one half of the country saying, no, 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 we don't believe it. Uh, this is unprecedented. You're right. This is unlike anything in American un- history. This this is, you know, I told my followers last night, this is a chapter in the story of American greatness that we are all a part of. We have the ability to influence it. This We thought 2016 was the greatest political comeback in American history. This is uh, times five wow. uh, because this to me is the most coordinated effort to squash, uh, you know, President Trump. And, it, and it's all sectors. It's it's big tech. It's mainstream media. It's the swamp. And, um, you know, to, to have A.G. Barr, who is a very fair man, to have uh, Senator McConnell, another very fair Man, and you know who's got two Georgia runoff races sure. in, in a month and a half. If you yeah, think those he's are life or death, <laughs> out willy nilly and say, "Hey, we're you know trying to uh, just go uh, you know bare knuckle fighting right. uh, against the peaceful transition of power," I think you're out of your mind. I think he would not take that position, and Trump would not tweet this morning, "We will win." Um, neither of them would take those positions if they didn't have substantial. Um, you know, knowledge that that things were going to change. And yes, we've seen the statistical data that the mathematical impossibility of these vote totals coming in for Joe Biden in, you know, uh, uh, what a coincidence, blue districts in, in, in battleground states. Um, but I still hold on uh, to a little bit of faith in our law enforcement community, in our in our court system and, and especially in our Supreme Court that um, we can we can change at least one or two of these states and 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 change the out 
come in, in the course of American history. I still hold on to that. It, it really is remarkable. And in your mind, the outcome is because the, the current vote totals are not an accurate reflection of what legal vote was cast, right? It's not that you want to overturn Correct. a lawful election, right? You want to overturn an election where you feel really strongly that uh, many of the votes that were counted late are not accurate votes. I've seen some of your, your social media, and you've, you've had a pretty perceptive look at this. Um, in this next few weeks, it's going to be a difficult time for people. Uh, how do you wade through this? I guess you have to wait for the courts to be, you have to be patient to wait for the courts. The big issue that's before the courts right now is did we create a two-tiered system in America where Republican votes and Republican observers were treated differently than Democratic votes and Democratic observers? As we wade through that, what's the next piece of the story that has to come in to convince the entire country that something amiss occurred here? Well, I think we've had a two-tiered system on, on all fronts against conservatives for the last few years. Uh, via, in the justice system, what we've seen just flagrant criminal activity with mountains of evidence by deep state saboteurs spying on, our, on the president of the United States based on DNC propaganda and, and nothing happens. And now we have the two-tier system applied to our votes. All, all we did election night was tell them how many votes they need to, you know, stuff into the ballot boxes at 4 a.m. in these battleground states. Uh, it, it, it's obvious. So, um, you know, the biggest thing I've been trying to do, because um, I admit there, there's been downtimes. Once I saw, you know, woke up 7 a.m. the morning after the election, saw Wisconsin blue and Michigan on the cusp of being blue, I was deflated. I couldn't believe it. I went to bed with uh, you know, 700,000 vote lead between the two states, it disappeared. Right. Um, but I started to see the evidence of the voter fraud circulating on social media. And I said, uh, you know, and I talked with my mom, she's a liberal and she's like, Rogan, you can't, you know, you can't, you gotta be careful what you're saying to, to your people. You can really do damage to this country. And I said, mom, I'm not doing damage by calling out the fraud. The people that committed the fraud are the ones doing the damage and they need to be held accountable. And if we don't have faith in our election system, America will not survive. They will not survive. If, if, if reasonable people do not believe that they have the ability to vote and, and to vote their way out of it, 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 it leads to very, very bad outcomes. So, um, you know, once I kind of got a grasp on where I thought things were going and, and the reasonableness of you know victory in the courts or or in recounts or recanvassing, I started to uh, spread what I thought was a message of hope to people, and I didn't want to give them false hope. But um, you know this this media, uh, it, it's a nuclear bomb of of media coverage trying to you know spike the football in Biden's favor before the play can be challenged, and I I see it for what it is, and I say this. This is a funhouse of, of smoke and mirrors. They're trying to force this through before we get a shot at, at catching them in the fraud. And so I am confident of that. I am confident that President Trump has had a strategy for, if not months, years, knowing they were going to do this, knowing, you know, he's been calling this out for months, right? So I'm, I'm confident that he's had a strategy if he can do peace deals with, you know, Israel and Arab nations that wouldn't even recognize them and, uh, you know, de-escalate North Korea and Syria and Iraq, he can certainly um, figure out how to get, you know, catch these ballot stuffers in the act. So I have faith in that. And um, I have faith in America. 
and and that's something I'll never let go that's of. That's something I'll always keep believe. fighting for. So we're all in this together this next few weeks. I think it's going to get ugly no matter what. I think the media is trying to uh, make sure that Biden supporters are as angry as possible when this stuff starts to fall apart. And, um, you know, I, I, we're, we're just going to have to get through it. We've been through far worse um, before. But if, if we do not save America in this next two months from the greatest electoral theft in our history, uh, the, 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 the alternative is a lot worse. So um, no fear. Well, we're going to we're going to find out the real facts. We're digging in here just the news and, and uh, counting ballots and uh, interviewing people. And we're going to know the data points, we hope, in the next couple of days. Rogan, uh, before we go, how do how do people follow you in all the different places? Uh, you still use D.C. Drano on Instagram, right? Yes. Yes. I, I think the name holds a lot more meaning <laughs> than, than the name given to me at birth. And it stands for draining the D.C. swamp. So it's it's D.C. underscore Drano. D-R-A-I-N-O on pretty much any platform. I'll be on there. You'll see me. And, um, you know, let's, let's fight this together. And Now, are you on the new platforms, Parler and uh, CloudHub? Are you on those two new emerging platforms? Yes. I'm yes. on Parler. Um, I, I think I signed up for CloudHub, but I haven't really been. Yeah, it's just starting as... to starting to roll out just in the last couple of weeks. So it's uh, really a new platform. But so you're, you're testing out all the platforms, aren't you? Yeah, I mean, I'm on, you know, probably seven or eight platforms. I, I can wow. only, it's like having seven or eight kids, I feel. I mean, I don't have any kids, but you can only tend to so many kids That's true, at once. yeah, that's right. Um, and uh, so, yeah, I, I, I will go where, you know, my number one goal is getting my voice out there as much as possible. So however that happens is, you know, what I'll do. Now, let me ask you one last question before we go. Does political office appeal to you at all? Is that something you might consider doing someday? In, in the words of Donald Trump, I, I really don't want to, but if if the nation calls, if if I get pissed off enough and I feel like no one else is stepping up, I unfortunately probably will. Um, I do think, however, I can have a, a disproportionate amount of influence from the media side. You know, people yeah, sure. like you and Rush Limbaugh oh, and Hannity, to... you know, the, these people have a lot more impact than probably 80, 90 percent of elected officials. So um, t- TBD. Wow. All right. Well, we're going to keep an eye on that as well. Uh, folks, you've been listening to the amazing Rogan O'Hanley. Uh, check him out at DC Drano on all the social media platforms that you follow. Rogan, we want to thank you so much. We wish you luck in the next few weeks. And maybe we'll have you back on when all the smoke clears from this uh, crazy election. I would, I would love to, John. Thank you all. And, and God bless America. All right, my friend. All right, folks, we're going to come back and wrap things up right after this commercial break. You know what, folks? Stress may be why you can't lose weight. If you've got moderate to high stress like I do, a doctor-formulated weight loss supplement called Lean could be your solution. Chronic stress wreaks havoc on blood sugar, which can cause your body to store excess fat. Stress can also slow your metabolism, which fuels weight gain. And you know all about stress eating and sugar cravings, right? Now the good news. The studied ingredients in Lean have been shown to help maintain healthy blood sugar levels, help optimize metabolism, and keep your appetite under control. Now, if your life is a bit stressful like mine and you want to lose weight, Add lean to your healthy diet and exercise lifestyle. Now get 15% off and free shipping at takelean.com. That's takelean.com and enter the promo code justnews15. That's the promo code justnews15 at takelean.com. One more time, takelean, L-E-A-N.com. 
Statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease, and it's not a substitute or alternative for care from a healthcare provider. All right, folks, that wraps up another edition of John Solomon Reports. I'm so grateful that you tuned in today. If you listen, please share uh, this podcast with your friends. Let people know. Let Rogan O'Hanley, uh, uh, what he said, I thought he had some pretty profound things. He talked about the two-tiered system in social media, media coverage, voting, judicial system that seems to punish conservatives at the expense of liberals um, uh, or at the whim of liberals. Uh, I thought that was an important point. He had a lot of ideas about how conservatives can uh, continue to, to fight through these matters, to develop their own platforms. You heard him talk a lot about that. Uh, make sure you share this podcast and let people know about Rogan O'Hanley and his many ideas that we talked about today. And we'll be back tomorrow with another edition. Tomorrow is Veterans Day. If you know a veteran, if you're married to one, they're a father, uh, a son, a daughter, a fallen loved one, please tomorrow give them my heartfelt thanks. Tell them how much we at Just the News revere their service, revere their heroism, revere their commitment to their country. Thank them, hug them, love them on behalf of all of us here at Just the News. That's why we have Veterans Day. And tomorrow, we're going to have a very special edition of this podcast celebrating some of those great veteran heroes and their sacrifices, their accomplishments, their courage, their heroism. You're not going to want to miss this uh, podcast. It's with the head of the Tunnels to Towers Foundation that has honored so many veterans and fallen officers. Their mission is incredible. Their, their honorees inspire awe. They take your breath away when you hear what these brave men and women did to serve their country. We're going to celebrate that tomorrow. The whole podcast, no monologue from me, no headlines. We're just about celebrating veterans tomorrow on uh, John Solomon Reports, the podcast from Justin News. So make sure you tune in tomorrow. Until then, have a blessed night. Enjoy your family. Be safe. We'll have a new edition tomorrow just in time for Veterans Day. Hey there, it's Amanda Head, and I am thrilled to introduce to you my new exciting podcast, Furthermore, with Amanda Head, broadcasting weekly from sunny Los Angeles, California, and brought to you by the dynamic Just the News Podcast Network. On this fresh and engaging podcast, I delve into the latest news with a little bit of a twist, exploring the furthermore of every story. But this isn't your typical run-of-the-mill news commentary or politically charged program. I interview a diverse range of guests, including business leaders, entertainers, musicians, educators, experts, politicians, and many influential figures from both the United States and around the world. So why not make your Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays a little more interesting? Tune in on your preferred podcast platform and discover furthermore with Amanda Head on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. And don't forget to hit that follow or subscribe button and be sure to download the latest episodes. I can't wait to have you join me on this exciting journey. At Just the News, we break the stories others in the media ignore or are too afraid to tell. We did it on Russia collusion, Hunter Biden, and the security and intelligence failures that preceded January 6th. Our stories have real impact and reach because we stick to the facts. I'm John Solomon. You can help me expand our honest, unvarnished, and unbiased reporting by becoming a premium member at Just the News. You'll get an ad-free experience and exclusive member-only access to events, and you'll be helping us dig up more truth. Join today at justthenews.com slash subscribe.